Hello, people, and thank you for joining me and my friends on the Game Files podcast. My name is Matthew, and I will be hosting discussions on all things dice throwing, button mashing, page turning, and screen viewing from the past, present, and future of those things that occupy our spare time. And today I'm joined by Radis. Hello, hello. And Mad Marty. Good to see you guys. And today we are going to be talking about our general introductions into comic books. Got some comic books when I was a little kid. Um, it was all Marvel ones. I had no idea what it was. They're all worth a ton of money. Um, I got them for a birthday present when I was about six years old. I cut them all up because that's what you do when you're six. Going forward in life, I realized that a lot of them were key moments uh, back from like 86, 87 during uh, a lot of interesting things going on in comic book history. Later on, I got back into it and you know I'm sure some of the influences are similar, but uh, when the X-Men cartoon came out in the early 90s. Uh, that's when I got back into comics and that never looked back. To this day, I still hit the comic shop, look at some stuff. Um, I don't necessarily buy as much as I used to, but it is definitely, definitely a part of my life. And I, I like to keep up on the storylines. So, so what do you got, Radis? Yeah, I was probably the same way. As a younger kid, I always knew comics were out there, but I guess I spent more money when I was younger on cards until probably about the same, about early 90s, when uh, X-Men cartoon was on there. I didn't jump into X-Men originally. I was more into, like, Image, more of the little grittier comics, the, the Grifter, the uh, Gen 13 when it first came out. And I spent money on it. I still spent a whole lot of money. I would, I was that infamous kid that go down to the comic book shop and read three or four comics and then buy one. <laughs> and then ride back home oh yeah so um, again same thing here like there was a period in time where my pull file here at the fancy shop was like 30 or 40 bucks a week and two times out of a month and i'm like just trying to store those as a logistical nightmare because now being my age now it's like okay it's not a comic book i'm going to read and just like kind of pitch into a box no it's got sleeves and all that so don't buy as many now but i'm the same way i kind of Get online every once in a while, see what's going on, try to stay caught up. Cool. Jeffrey. What Mad you got? Marty. What you got, Mad Marty? Well, me being unlike you two, I was the little brother in the equation. So it was my older brother that was really into the comics growing up. I remember the first real brush that we had with uh, comics. We were in a camping trip out in Iowa. And, uh, you know, something to do while we're sitting in the tent. My Parents staffed at some convenience store. My brother picked up a whole bunch of comics, including uh, Wolverine number one during his first original. Uh, well, Wolverine had a limited uh, four issue limited series, I believe. And then he had a regular monthly series that came after that, which became the mainstream Wolverine uh, comics that we've known since. Um, I haven't kept up recently, but uh, yeah, he actually had the first issue of that main series. Uh, Wolverine number one, and he also had Punisher War Journal number one, a couple other DC comics at the time. Um, me being the little brother, and you have to understand, I was not even 10 years old yet. I didn't have a ton of interest, like actually reading it, <laughs> but I loved to kind of flip through it, you know? Um, so yeah, I was one of those just look at the picture types for many years. And uh, this was uh, around the time that we got into comics, it was. Uh, right after the fall of the mutant storyline back in uh, uh, the mid '80s, right before Inferno, because Inferno was the first real crossover that we got in that we got into, and then uh, the years pass on, uh, Infinity Gauntlet, and then the '90s cartoon that uh, that you talked about. Um, we'll we'll talk more on the subject later, but that's kind of how I got into it. Just a random camping trip was my first introduction to comics before the age of 10 and it was just more my brother's gig more than my own so that's probably what i can say about that yeah and and it's funny that you were talking about the the wolverine number one and all that my, the first comic book that i personally ever bought uh was wolverine i believe 66 or 67 um it's got the 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 uh at this point, it's like the, the stereotypical Wolverine pose on it. There's been posters of it and all kinds of different things. But, yeah, definitely, you know, definitely a pretty brutal character. Um, and speaking of characters, right now, comics are very popular in pop culture, for sure. And with all the movies coming out and Disney basically getting the rights for everything, which, you know, hey, God bless them. Hopefully they keep doing a decent job. 
uh, on all the other stuff that they've acquired. But as as far as the the characters go, there's the ones that we've seen on screen, and there's a lot way more that we've never seen on screen. So um, I was just kind of wondering, as far as your guys' favorite characters, like what are we looking at? I mean, it doesn't matter. Marvel, DC, Image, Variant, whatever, doesn't matter. We'll go ahead and start with you, Radis. Uh, who are you looking at? Who are some of your favorite characters and, and why? And I know this is one that you don't like, but Spider-Man's always going to be <laughs> one of my top favorite ones. I'm finally glad that they're actually beginning to do decent stuff with him on, on the screen. I'm going to give uh, Tobey Maguire's first movie was okay, but that went downhill real quick in that series. I'm going to give you this. Into the Spider Verse was was decent. I actually really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, that movie was fantastic. But again, showing you know Disney taking over and really curating the stories that they're picking, um, and really you know keeping a handle on the production costs and production crew and all of that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of old characters. Like, there's a character in the Image called Grifter, and I think he's in Wildstorm now. I don't know where, don't know where he is now, but he is kind of the Deadpool slash meets Wolverine, but without really any great super abilities from Image. I think would have been a great character um, to bring to. I think he'd probably fit more on a small screen, but I think he's he's so dead in the water now in current comics. I don't think they'd ever bring him about. But like I said, I got a lot into those offshoots. Like I, again, I mentioned already, but like the Jim Lee, the Jim Lee's uh, Gen 13, his first comic books away from Marvel and all of that was fantastic. Um, I think I've got the first like 20 or 30 issues of those in pristine condition. It was just just a, a a well-told story. Now, of course, it falls into that typical comic where you know it's an all-female lead. So yeah, these are not your averagely shaped women <laughs> that are on here. So it got a lot of bad publicity for that. If you get past it, just look at the story and the character and the humanity of those characters. And that's really what I look for in the comics. It's um, why, like, I love the Flash. He's the same guy. He's super fast and you know, fastest man on the planet. But he overcomes this sense of inadequacy with smarky, snarky quips and all that. You can always just always that air of he doesn't think he's good enough just behind him, but yet he can do all this stuff and is considered one of the most powerful characters in the DC universe yeah. later in the series. You know, more recently, uh, he's gotten a little more confident because he's had to, because he's kind of screwed up the entire DC timeline. Over and over again. With, yeah. Flashpoint and, you know, just various other things he's done. Those are the kind of characters I graduate. Like, What about you, Mad Marty? Are you talking about just favorite comic book characters as a whole? Are you talking in certain medium? What are you thinking? I mean, you know, honestly, it can be anything at this point because um, all those, all the different things that that originated out of comics, you know, can can lead to what we like. Because I mean, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but but you know, it's it, it, it can be cartoons, it can be um, movies. I mean, just anything that originated in a comic book and or found its way onto a comic book because there's a few characters like that. Well, you know. Yeah. When, come, when we're talking about comic books, it's a little bit trickier for me, because like everything else in my life, it seems to be like a generational thing. You know, I, there was stuff that I liked when I first was exposed to it, and then as time went on, as I got older, those tastes kind of changed a little bit. But overall, if you had to really, you know, it, it's kind of funny, like, when I was first in the comics, I mean, it was all Marvel or nothing. You know, I had very little interest in DC, and even after, you know, the uh, DC Animated Universe started to take off, I was still mostly pro-Marvel when it got down to it. When it got down to Batman the Animated Series versus Marvel's X-Men, I still preferred Marvel's X-Men at that time. Where I think it kind of shifted was when we got to the Batman No Man's Land story arc, which gave me a real good showcase of the Bat villains. And uh, if... If you look at a more global, big picture kind of, uh, you know, favorite, I have to say Kevin Conroy's Batman really sold it for me in the end. And, you know, whenever I pick up a Batman comic book, that's the voice I hear in my head. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, kind of, it's kind of been that way ever since. You know, you throw in Batman Beyond and JLU, you know, it's by far one of the best fleshed out characters I've ever had in my entire, you know, comic book experience. 
Yeah. And there's not a lot of continuity problems like you'll see with other retcons and stuff going out there in this day and age. Yeah, I, and and I've re- actually read some things about DC and and the and what they've done with that where they've tried to like that's one comic they've tried to keep going continuously as with despite the fact that they reset it like every 5 years. Right. Cool. So uh, for for me personally, I mean, and you you guys have heard me talk about this quite a few times, but um, my 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 journey through for comic books is uh, similar to Marty's, where it was primarily Marvel in the beginning. Um, I would I dabbled in uh, DC, you know, Death of Superman, uh, you know, Batman getting his back broken, those kinds of things. Where I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Like the, I thought the storylines were excellent, but I always kind of radiated towards the the marvel side of the equation and again like i said dabbling in a few others but so like favorite characters i mean yeah you know i i originally my favorite character was archangel i thought he was pretty cool just you know the the idea that you know he was in a in a sense of uh he was angel obviously uh for those who don't know and he got uh lost his wings and then apocalypse uh basically altered his genetics gave him uh, metal wings or bioorganic steel wings or whatever it was, and he, he was the the apocalypse death for or the, one of the four horsemen death for a while, and then he basically was redeemed and but he continued to have those abilities and it was kind of neat. So I, I like the idea that he was a redeemed character. Um, later on in life, you know things changed. I became a, a bigger fan of like the the old school like Captain America. I love the fact that he was a good guy. He's always a good guy, and uh, even though they've kind of messed with that more recently, that's one of the things I appreciated about hey, him. Hydra. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's make him always part of Hydra, which makes all the sense. Greatest uh, sh- knows how I feel about Hydra. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's so Captain America is definitely up there in my top three. Um, another character I, I've always liked was Colossus. Again, it's it's kind of that thing where he's he's almost, you know, up, up until recently with some of those storylines, he's really just a good guy. Like he he fights for, you know, he fights for what is right all the time even if it's not good. And and he's made decisions that have altered the the uh X-Men landscape positive ways, you know, self-sacrifice and all of that. But when it when it comes down to my favorite character and you know, a lot of people think it's weird, whatever, but it's it's Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler of the, the X-Men or Excalibur or whatever team he's on at the time. I love the fact that he, you know, he looks like a demon, but he's, I mean, he he loves Jesus, and I think that's kind of neat. Where, <laughs> where it's like that, you know, the, the uh, two sides of that coin where everybody, they look at him, they think he's evil right out of the gate, but he actually is, is one of the most, I guess you could say, gentle souls in, in the entire uh uh, comic industry uh yet when times you know when things go down he's a skilled fighter and there's been different renditions of him that have been awesome but you know it's it's if you can't tell i tend to go more to the, the pure of heart characters because that's just the way i am because i like those stories so side, cool. side note on your side note on your commentary on colossus they're really quick you know uh, every time i see colossus on panel heck last week i was playing it Colossus theme so- stage theme song, Children of the Adam X-Men. <laughs> well, a- well it, there's there's that and then um in the arcade, the X-Men arcade game where it's his uh when it uses special ability, the like that that sound cracks oh, me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six player game. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible. Uh once in a while my friend it's Seth play Colossus in that one. Yeah, once in a while my friend Seth sends me like a sound clip of that just out of nowhere and it just it just makes me laugh because we used to talk about that. But yeah, just uh, just uh, again, those are some characters that stick out to me all the time. I mean, there are other characters in in other um, in other comp- comic companies that I really like, but like those are the ones that kind of just really radiate with me. Just because, I mean, again, that's kind of the way you know I am. I like I like more pure characters that are just pure heroes. I don't need all the nitty gritty dark stuff. I can enjoy it, but it's just not it's not my favorite thing. Right. So, you know, we're, t- we're kind of talking about our favorite, you know, I mean, largely we're talking about our favorite heroes, anti-heroes, those kinds of things. So here comes the next question. Villains. Oh, I thought you were about your least favorite character. Well, well, we could, okay, we'll do that first. <laughs> 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can just, I'll let you we just guys, get all the people that are going to shut off the, the podcast whenever these are mentioned. Could just do it now and not slog. It's it's okay. They it's, hate us. <laughs> you mean popular character that we dislike? It doesn't have to be popular, but just like no, just characters. Yeah, least least. I mean, I you know we could talk about a couple, but like like I'm not going to start. I'm going to end this one. <laughs> Ray, Ray, what do you got? Why do you get started on this one, Ray? Yeah. I'm going to have a hard time yeah. with this. <laughs> oh, this is easy. There's only one character, one comic character that I refuse to buy, read. I just I've never liked the character. And I think he's just a, a fundamental flaw in the writing, and that is Superman. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Oh my gosh! How dare you say that? I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. You have a character who is immune to everything, so to put him in a perilous, let's give every Joe, Steve, and Bob that's robbing a bank kryptonite. So, I don't know. Yeah. Just, and, they keep giving it, they make him so powerful, so powerful, where it's like, okay, why do you have a Justice League? Well, uh, I will throw the Justice League movie currently out in there. The entire league is getting their butt whooped until Superman shows up. So, you have this ultimate character that can defeat pretty much anyone that's on Earth. Why do you have a justice like you should just have Superman? Which therefore makes me not want to read when the man can just beat anyone pretty quickly. And to put him in a situation to make it believable that he's losing isn't believable with the, the, the lore you have built around him. So Well just remember he is susceptible to magic. I'm just throwing okay. that out there. Yeah, I understand that, but it still doesn't matter. It seems like then all of a sudden, oh, Let's just go and let's do some magic at him as I'm robbing this bank with my because I'm poor and destitute and hate the government. Oh, everybody's like that in that comic book world. Or you have to be fighting Darkseid and all the you know, which is fine. I don't mind when they do that, but it's like again, if Superman's losing, no one else in that comic book is going to stand a chance against that villain. So why have any other superheroes in that comic book? That's fun. <laughs> so, so for the half of our but viewers, you will turn off now. Our listeners, yeah, for the half off. of our listeners, uh, it was nice knowing you. Um, yep. But we will continue this conversation for the other half. <laughs> don't worry, man. I wipe out. Oh, oh, I'm gonna wipe them out too. It's gonna be great. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, a thought, a thought just came to my head because for like the last, you know, 45 seconds, we're listening to Rago. You're gonna say you Deadpool know, or Batman? <laughs> well, I'm oh, sitting here trying Batman to laugh. Hey, Batman. <laughs> No, nah, it's because uh, I was sitting there trying to think of what's the character that I really don't like. What's the character I really don't like? And it just came to me. Um, actually, this isn't probably within the last 10 years. I am not a big Iron Man fan mm. at this point. Uh, ever since Civil War, I have not been Comic huge. book Civil War, correct? Both. Okay, copy. Because uh, it's kind of the same premise. Yeah. You know, Iron Man feels guilty about some kind of conversation that... Uh, had like uh, he has a conversation with a bystander that makes him feel so guilty that he had to create an event that reshaped the entire Marvel universe, the Superhuman Registration Act, and this was just over a simple guilty conscience from a single conversation. You know, on the movie end, uh, for those that watch Civil War, which I am definitely not a fan of. It was like a huge. I love the Civil War like story arc in the comics, but I hated it in the movies because it felt like so watered down in the grand scheme of things that it just never really did it justice. But you know, my thought is, okay, you have such a big problem with superheroes. We'll just go ahead and let Crossbones do his terror as terrorist dirty Bob next time, and then you don't have to worry about the superheroes anymore. It really just didn't work for me uh, as a good justification for the story arc. And, you know, Iron Man's been kind of a wuss in my head ever since. <laughs> well, and, and to go along with that, I'm going to throw out a quick spoilers type thing for those who might want to read the uh, read or watch or whatever if you haven't watched the movies or read the comics. Because the, the Civil War event was actually kind of interesting, in my opinion. The way it started, again, I agree with you, it was not great. But, but the I'm going to agree with you on the Tony Stark thing or the Iron Man thing, is that almost every bad thing that happened besides the the in the comics anyways uh, besides the event that spurred it every bad thing is a result of his decisions and he never once takes responsibility for it until captain america's dead and even then he still just moves on with his plan and it's like dude you are not a good guy 
you you know like to the point where he sent out the Thor clone, which killed Goliath, which was a big you know a big death in the in that storyline, and and all these decisions that he just kept making over and over and over again, and even the death of 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 Captain America was a direct result of his actions. So I agree with you. Like sending the the was it the uh, was it the Dark Avengers? He said I can't remember. He sent out the one team where he released them all, and they created havoc. Just so it was just bad. Tony Stark. Yeah, Tony Stark the, is a bad guy. There, there was a, there was some kind of like a what if story arc that I heard about. I've read about it. I think it was on Wiki at one point that he actually saw what could have been with a couple of uh, different choices. Like, uh, had he actually worked with Captain America when it came to a crucial point where, you know, he basically forced Captain America to choose a side, and if he actually chose to. Uh, work with him they actually got to form a better world and he supposedly weeped at the end of that storyline i've never actually read the comic it no. just but yeah to, to 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 your point i mean out of all the superheroes and i'm i got tons of them in my head that i'm just oh, yeah. not interested in you know like uh, the fantastic four it's like oh, yeah okay not whatever yeah, or, yeah but you don't you hate know, them yeah it's, they're just it's, not it's, interesting. there's a difference between yeah a difference between being a comic book and going ah eh, that's okay or you go, yeah, that is not even coming. I'm going to give you yeah. a pick up. So I'm just going to walk right by that by the shell. Well, I just know so. if I if I was a member of the X Men or or even an Avenger or something like that, and I'm sitting here doing my thing, you know, trying to make the world a better place, and then all of a sudden, bam, Tony's you know Iron Man slash Tony Stark. I don't know if I know his secret identity or not. Comes out. Well, actually, by then I guess he would because he's sitting here pushing for public uh, registration. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'd be like, screw this guy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you want my entire family in danger now? Congratulations. It's like, it's like oh, you get to call the shots now? <laughs> and that that's just my overall thought with the whole... It, I mean, it, I think it was healthy for the Marvel Universe to have Civil War. Yeah. I thought it was a great story arc. Um, and, you know, it's not even really so much... So much, uh, you know... I'm not criticizing the writers on it. I just don't like the character Iron Man anymore because of that very fact. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a really that's a good one. Um, uh, there's actually there's a kind of a couple of them for me. Which one of them, you know, based on some of the articles I've read, I think is universally hated. And I'll start with that one first. Um, is uh, Cyclops what they did with him in the comics? Basically, turning him into a bad guy. He ends up killing against lots of spoilers. Ends up killing Xavier at a certain point, and they. I think what they intended to do, that what the comics originally did, and they may have switched some writers along the way, which kind of makes things interesting. But what they, I think, what they intended to do was have him go through like a, a you know, a, a tough spot, go through a bad journey, and then come out on the other end like a better leader, a little bit more edgy character, because he was kind of always the Boy Scout. But what they really did was make him universally hated. After you kill a, your, you know, kill your father who is doing nothing but trying to help you, how does that make you okay ever? Sorry, you know, you're you're irredeemable I, to me. I mean, I mean, sorry. I'm just gonna toss this out there, uh, Matthew. Yeah. Um, and I'm not giving you grief at all, but you hated Cyclops before that. Event. I didn't like him, which you, is funny because normally you'd think I'd like him because he's like the Boy Scout. He's like, I'm gonna right. do the this thing, but I just yeah, but he. He's not a good Boy Scout. No, he's not. He, he's he's the Boy Scout that sends them back. That's that's quoting the rules and regulations. And while he's doing that, the old lady gets hit by a car. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but but it's, it's like okay, that's great. But 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 as far as mainstream characters, and and Ray just kind of alluded to this earlier, but Spider Man, not a big fan of Spider Man. Now there there have been instances where you know I've I've appreciated some of the things like the this again you know we're talking about the cartoons the Spider Man cartoon that was part of my daily viewing I enjoyed it you know it was a comic book thing and it was one of the only ones on TV at the time so I I mean I thought that was pretty cool uh, but as far as the the comic books and everything and I I tried to get into Spider Man you know partially because of you Radis and. You know, like, because he's your, you know, one of your favorite guys. And I'm like, yeah, he can't be that yeah. bad if, if, you know, Freitas likes him. I gotta, you know, he can't be that bad. Storylines are tough to get into. Yeah. I'll, and I, I'll, I'll give you that. But, but you look at, like, you know, and I even did the research on it and all that. And I'm like, well, this guy, I mean, he creates all of his own villains. Like, almost every villain he has, there's a hand, he had a hand in creating. And then he's like, I can't be, 
I mean, I'm not saying every character needs to be the Punisher, but come on now. At a certain point, like when the city gets half destroyed 10 or 12 times, you know, killing the half the population, you need to take responsibility for what you did and put that dude down. Mm. I'm just saying. Mm. But, but yet you have no problem with Batman. I didn't say I liked yeah, Batman they, that they, much. They, they had an episode to address that in terms of whether or not he... Whether or not he was responsible for the creation of his villain set, the question is settled. It's called Trial Batman Animated Series. Great episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, no, uh, the, the, the thing about Bat, no, the thing about Batman, I didn't, I didn't say I love him or anything. I, I said, no. you know, like his his villains are some of the better villains in my opinion because it's, his rogues okay, gallery is really him. interesting. Yeah. But yeah. no, I didn't say I was like saying Batman. No, I'm talking about is the not putting him down. How many lives would be saved if Batman had just killed Joker the first time? Yeah, I'm not going to do. I'm not How disagreeing with you. Would, you know, not yeah, disagreeing yeah, so. with you at all. Not at all. Yeah. So but, a 16 year old child who chooses to do the same thing that a 45 year old vigilante does. Yeah, dude. But by the time I started collecting it, he's not 16 anymore. No, I know, but that's always been his coat, just like Batman's from the very start. Sure. And again, I'm not disagreeing. Real, Batman, real quick, Batman should put the scene. Joker down too. Just say, or, or he shouldn't go to Arkham. He should be executed. <laughs> Come on now. Oh yeah. The state should have put him down, not just Batman. Like, oh, I can't believe he got out for the 30th time. How does he keep getting out? I think they left the death penalty in that state. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and anyways, uh, going back, I don't need to backtrack really quick, but I just gotta keep. I just gotta backtrack real, real quick, guys. Sure. Going back to Cyclops, you know, it's it's a good thing that you didn't get into comics until the X Men cartoon. Because if you thought you hated Cyclops before, knowing oh, what yeah. I know, knowing what I know about you now and how you feel about family, you know, back in the mid '80s with the whole Madeline Pryor thing and the it whole kept going factor, though. It didn't stop there. So, well, hear me out. Yeah, this is a guy that actually left his wife and kid to be with with Jean Grey. Yeah, actually, the the way the way that comics were written back then, it was a lot because I actually picked up like a reprint issue of the Inferno Saga. Yeah. And kind of reading some of the stuff in there, you know, yeah, here, here we have somebody that completely abandoned his wife. And uh, and at this point, all the villainy from Madeline Pryor hadn't even been written yet. I looked back into the conception of the comic. She was just, she wasn't meant to be a clone originally. She actually was just a person that looked a lot like Jean Grey. And that was going to be it. And Cyclops was going to retire. But then they went ahead, and since they put they pulled the X Factor team together, they had to find a way to write off Madeline Pryor, and they did so many things to Cyclops back back in those days that he actually is kind of a jerk in the grand scheme of things. But what makes things even more twisted is while the X Men were kind of doing their Australia based thing and everything, Madeline Pryor winds up hooking up with his brother Havoc. <laughs> there's a whole so, com- there's a whole comic series based of uh, like basically a what if on that too. The the uh, Mutant X series, which was pretty, I actually like that series. Mm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, knowing what I know about how you feel about you know family responsibility. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, a, I, I think, he's a D. It's fine. But anyways, uh, well, it, ca- um, it, it carried over because he he was shacking up with uh, Emma Frost, and I mean, there's love triangles and all kinds of stuff. So that guy, no, I mean, again, yeah, I forgot I don't, about that one too. Again, I don't like the guy. So I mean, it's you're not making me like him. By telling me he's a more of a jerk. <laughs> no, no, it's it's just kind of funny because he is supposed to be the Boy Scout character. Yeah, but he <laughs> he's terrible. But he does everything. I can actually buy Superman on most days because well, I haven't really read into his history that closely. <laughs> but he just doesn't seem to be engaging in because uh, let's see, there's Emma Frost, Psylocke. Uh, Was he well, with Psylocke yeah. too? Oh yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. Oh, they're that's funny. Pretty much, if you were female and put an X suit on and had like took it telepathy, off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yep. he oh, undressed yeah, you. He undressed them with they? their mind. <laughs> yep. Now I'll give you that. Superman is at least a decent. After the was it Silver Age or the early stuff, but then the more modern version of what most people nowadays know Superman. He is, you know, the All American, the Boy Scout. And, all of that for the most part. So I'll give him that. And he does have, you know, a set of morals that he follows, uh, which we can get into a movie faux pas on that at a different time. Sure. But like I said. Well, one one thing that we that we were kind of getting into, and I want to kind of shift the conversation in the back, back in this direction, but uh, Ray, you kind of mentioned uh, 
you know, the strength of villains. And uh, Spider-Man does have a very good rogues gallery that kind of ups the ante in terms of interest. Obviously, the X-Men have a good rogues gallery. And, you know, that's what really made Batman so attractive to me was the rogues gallery. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's, it's the villains that, uh, you know, tell you so much more about the heroes themselves that really make the storylines in the grand scheme of things. And I just thought that overall, Marvel did a better job with villain development as opposed to anything but Batman in DC for the longest time. I mean, back in 1998, it, I, if you tell me the name of Batman villains, I could probably name 20. <laughs> and then uh, you tell me the name of Superman villain, it'd probably be three. <laughs> yeah, just it's the big ones. Yeah, or if you tell me to name a uh, Green Lantern villain, uh, what? <laughs> Two. Two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, heck, I don't even think I would have gotten Sinestro back then. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's, you know, in terms of villains, I mean, how do, how do you guys generally feel about, what are some of your favorite uh, villains or motivations that you've seen over the years in comics? Well, you hit it. I mean, say the Joker is in my mind the is my favorite villain. If there's a kind of comic that he's in, and I, I've either bought it, read it, or I'm going to do one of both. Um, What's your favorite Joker? So, What's your favorite Joker my, story plot? Uh, mm, I've got one, but you go ahead. Killing Joke is probably still, and it's one of words and all that, and people just love it. That is probably. Probably up there. I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite, but I don't know if I could actually just come out and pick a favorite. I haven't like the newer stuff after he cuts his face off, and and I really I didn't get into that period where he had it where he cut his face off and he like dies in his back, and there's like a couple different jokers. I didn't get into that. I do want to get into the new one now that he's got a new girlfriend punchline. I want to see what they're doing with him now. Um, but yeah, I guess out of him just killing joke or. Um, the Joker storyline that led up to... I'm trying to remember if that was actually a comic or if it's in one of the DC animated... The Joker storyline where he manipulates uh, Superman into killing Lois Lane. Oh, the, injustice, the injustice storyline. Yeah, it's the Injustice yeah. video game. Pulls there, there's comic books for it. Okay, yeah. I don't know that if they came before the game or after, but yeah, there are comics. Yeah, there's a series for it. Just that story arc I, I love, too. Just the fact that he's like, okay, he's now... He broke him. Yeah, he breaks the Man of Steel. Again, the man I just complained about having no weaknesses. Now you have a villain that steps up and goes, okay, here's your one weakness and uses it against him perfectly. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's actually a good one. Um, to go along with that, the the Joker's storyline for me that I love, which it he's just the lead up to it, was the, the Batmetal story with the Joker who laughs. That is ridiculous, oh, yeah. dude. Like that. Yeah. Again, the Joker, or the or not the Joker, uh, the Batman who laughs isn't the Joker, but the lead up to it is all Joker, and it's awesome. Yep. You know, the idea that Batman gets infected with the uh, the uh, Joker toxin, and it and does he does not win in a it's like a different reality. But the Batman who laughs is ridiculous. And now, I mean, now there's another series coming out. It's called uh, it's a DC Death Metal or something. Something that like that it's yeah. gonna start pretty soon. Yeah, so. I mean, to say you can see. Yeah, there it is. Yep. At that one, <laughs> I've got the metal. It's a good. And it's a good storyline, actually. I, oh, it's a fantastic I, story. Yeah, but um, as far as far as villains go, um, for me, uh, for me personally, I am. It might sound funny, but I'm kind of a big apocalypse fan. The movie did not do him justice uh, at all. I mean, you know, again, I had biases going in because to me, the voice of the of Apocalypse in the animated cartoon is that's how what I hear when I read the comics. But there's been so many good storylines with him at the center of it. And every time he comes around and creates a new four horsemen team and and does his thing, I, I can't help but get drawn back into it. I might not buy all the comics, but I definitely like look up, read up yeah. on it and do all of that because just the the choices he's made on those characters since he first came about is just amazing you know where it's like you know at one time you know we talked about archangel being being the the uh horseman death and then later on wolverine becomes i believe it was the horseman of death which was a ridiculous storyline um that i really enjoyed um gambit at one time well actually it was like gambit rogue 
or no, Gambit. No, uh, it was Polaris. Polaris, that's right. Polaris. But yeah, just basically pulling in different characters and, and whether it was brainwashing them or in Gambit's case, he actually joined willingly. Like it was just, it's just crazy. Like some of the things they can do. Um, and then to go along with that, I mean, even to this day, I still have the uh, a copy of the first appearance of a, the official first appearance of Apocalypse, which is kind of just a shadow of him. And I believe it was X Factor number four. And then I've got the uh, the follow up with that, which is where he's full fledged coming out, and that's uh, X Factor number five. Still have those comics. They're and they're good comics. Even when he first came out, you're like, who is this guy? This is insane. So yeah, love that love that villain. I mean, I don't agree with him. I just think it's neat what he does in the comic books. Yeah. Marty, did you talk about villains at all? You talk about like kind of generalities. Like, do you have some favorites? Well, in terms of villains, I it's really tough for me to say who my favorite is over the years. If you put a gun in my head, I would still say Mister Sinister. I've always liked his savviness. You know, he, he's not like the. He doesn't have like a huge. Uh, ego problem he doesn't like have something really to prove to the other heroes you know he's 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 working his plans he's working the he like he's the ultimate character that plays the long game you know a lot of sinister yeah. story arcs will go on for you know three four years before his plans come into fruition you know and even like apocalypse is there and he shows up and he wants to knock everything down right away but i've always kind of liked uh the villain that plays the long game. And I think Sinister does a masterful job of that. And he's just not so in your face like the Joker or uh, similar kind of villain. So, uh, and plus I, I know if I was a, if I was a comic book villain, I'd probably be more like Mr. Sinister in the end. Um, and that, I mean, cause after that, my favorite villain is probably two face from the Batman series. Yeah. But, uh, but he, he he's kind of vanilla by comparison. So again, when he gets down to it, uh, Sinister's probably my favorite. You know, he's obviously my favorite X villain, and probably my favorite villain in comics. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'd say that's a good choice. And and, and uh, your actually, birthday present this year was uh, definitely fantastic. I don't care. Well, I don't care if you liked it or not. I like giving I'll it to you. I'll be wearing it in my next YouTube video. It'll be. I'll be wearing it in my next YouTube video. I promise. Nice. So, uh, so so we've kind of we've talked about heroes, we've talked about villains. Obviously, there's a lot of things that go on between the two, the interactions, uh, the storylines, crossover events, and all kinds of other fun things. As far as storylines go in, in comics, what are your guys' favorite? Like, I would narrow it down to one because we could talk about this forever because there's so many great storylines. But if you could say one, uh, you know, either your favorite or one of your favorite comic book storylines what would it be i'd like for you guys to go first with this one actually that's fine radis you want to go yeah sure um you probably already know the answer to this one because it's the one that i have owned two copies of everything just like matthew has but the age of apocalypse crossover for marvel oh you stole mine x-men yeah (laughs) come on it's it is the it, it was the only series crossover series just any story series where i had bought every issue yeah, same. Um, there have been other ones. There have been other story arcs like which I enjoyed just as much, maybe even a little bit better. But Age of Apocalypse is the one that I bought every comic, you know, where I hunted them down, make sure I had a copy of every single one. I still have a complete collection of it. It was just so you took every character in there and you turn them on their head. So characters that you would expect to do something may do something completely different, which now I have said they um, completely. I don't even know why I didn't bring the link up earlier. But then you have, oh, yeah. they have these minor characters in there that are minor characters in the, the main arc, and some of them are even gone in the main reality that Age of Apocalypse brings back and spawns off like three other series and a couple of villains, and it just does such a great job. And it is it is so different from any, with maybe the exception of, what's it, House of M, where Scarlet Witch rewrites all of the reality? Yeah. Yeah, that those you know those are about the only two that it's like okay here's it isn't a world changing story arc no it's a one it's something happens and now everything is completely utterly different from that point forward yeah so, so it's like okay you didn't need to know what happened six issues before 
you buy that first Age of Apocalypse and maybe uh, Legion Quest just to know what happened to, to Spawn. Uh, X-Men but, Alpha, right, was the first one? Because yeah, it was, it was, it was, was, yeah, the first, the, it, it was yeah, Legion the Quest before, and then I think X-Men Alpha was the official first yeah, issue of it. Yeah, yeah. Legion Quest leads into the event that creates Age of Apocalypse, yeah. and then X-Men Alpha is the introduction to it. And yeah. then it's all of the the uh, Excalibur spelled different. Um, it's, it's all the major X stories, all the major X comics with a slightly different name. It was um, as- astonishing just, X-Men. Gosh, I, I mean, there's so many different, yeah. and they all intertwine like, together. So you, you get in there, and they'll take stuff like a Cyclops, and now he's not a good guy. He's working for Apocalypse instead of fighting against him. And he's missing and an eye. Got, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got Wolverine missing an arm or missing a hand, mm-hmm. but he's still Wolverine, but he's not missing a hand. He's got all this, you know, Bruce Banner's on the moon and a human. It's just so... It's just one that you read one issue and, you know, even it's like, oh, that's Bruce Banner. Or you might read it, see a name and not recognize it. And then an issue later you go, oh, crap, that's the Hulk. Yeah. Not that one, but that was that's what happened. It's like, wow, that is a completely different interpretation of that character. Yeah. And it was so good that it's like, okay, I got to get the next one. Okay, so the next one's happening in X Factor whatever. So you have to go buy that one and then you bounce over to this one. It's just done so well. Yeah, and and for, for those listening, um, and, you know, again, spoilers, whatever, but this, this is one that if you are a comic book lover and you have not read the Age of Apocalypse series or, or uh, uh, event, you should because it's – I'm, I'm with – I'm with Radis. It's the best thing I've ever read, even to this day, as far as comics go. But uh, a little bit of history on it. So there's an event called Legion Quest, where Professor Xavier, uh, the leader of the X-Men most of the time, his son, he has a son, his name's Legion. And he, and at this point, he's been in a coma for, you know, a dec- we'll say a decade. Well, he wakes up out of his coma. And uh, before, well, before he went into coma, he, you find out he has multiple personalities. There's a reason he's called Legion. And when he wakes up, all of the personalities have fused into one, which means all of because each each individual personality has a power. So all those powers fused into one. So he essentially becomes the probably the toughest or, or strongest mutant in the history of of comics. It may actually be because they've they've alluded to that many times before. Anyways, I think there's one there's one Franklin current, current ones that lead, yeah the Franklin Richards power that he sees. Yeah. But but it's also like the two of those like they've never gone against each other so who knows, anyways so he he goes back in time and his idea is I'm gonna kill Magneto before he becomes Magneto because if I can do that then my father's dream will come to to reality so he goes back into time to, to kill Magneto but instead accidentally kills Xavier who defends Magneto, Xavier is dead Magneto adopts Xavier's his whole. Uh, mission to create equality but in a magneto style and uh apocalypse ends up taking over over basically he takes over all of what north america i think south america too if i'm not mistaken yeah works on africa uh i think europe is europe is it's only it's it's like one of the only free-ish areas but yeah Yeah. and it, it just goes from there and it's fantastic um Uh, And I'm going to just kind of piggyback. We can we can talk about this. But I mean, there's certain characters that I I didn't really care about before um, in previous comics. But then in this run, they they impressed me. The one I the man, there's so many good stories. One of the stories I liked the most in that one, though, was the story of Banshee. Banshee in regular comics. He's kind of cool. You know, he worked for Interpol. He's. He he has the power to, to uh, to use his vocal cords to do different things. He can, you know, make people pass out. He can break break down walls. He can do all kinds of cool stuff with it with his voice. And and he they have used him in the the movies for those who want to reference in uh, X Men First Class. In the Age of Apocalypse, he is a broken man, and he is terrified of his own shadow because of the things that he's seen. He basically has PTSD really bad, and um. There's a villain in this series called Abyss, which I don't think he was in the. I've never heard of him in the in the main series. I think he was an Age of Apocalypse created one, or maybe a variation. He was. He wasn't. He didn't have a six one six counterpart at the time. I don't believe. But he's uh, Abyss is connected to Nightcrawler. Okay. In, so in yeah. The, in the six one six continuity. Okay. So, but basically, the Abyss has. it's hard to explain his ability, but basically he can bring people into a a dark dimension within himself. 
Yeah, he actually represents the dimension that uh, Nightcrawler teleports through. Yeah, at least that was my understanding. Of it. It's 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 funky, but um, so he's in in a sense, in in some sense, he's kind of unstoppable, and it's hard to explain it. You'd have to kind of read it. But what Banshee does is he basically breaks out of his his you know fear and dives headlong into the abyss. And the way they described it, like the screams that were coming out of the abyss. Uh, basically like terror and pain and agony and everything else. But it was so intense that it basically uh, blew him up from the inside out. So he sacrificed himself in order to take out one of the, and this was one of the, the four horsemen at the time that that storyline was awesome. And it's like, wow, like Banshee was cool before. I mean, he was okay, but that made me really like him, even though it was kind of a, I don't know, a throwaway situation or, you know, when they went back to the regular continuity because everything did get resolved for the most part. He, you know, he was still the same guy, but I respected him afterwards. It was just kind of neat. So Age of Apocalypse, read it, love it. And if you disagree, please let us know. So what do you got, Jeffy? Well, the, part of the reason why I wanted to go last because I knew both of you guys were going to bring up Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> and you're like, um, I like so- it too. Well, if I, it would probably be number two, and I just wanted to kind of name some of the other uh, crossovers that I've witnessed just to represent. I'm not going to go too far into depth. Obviously, Inferno was one of the first major ones that yep. I saw. I've heard about Fall of the Mutants, but I never really read up and on it Mute Massacre. years later. Yeah, Mutant Massacre. And then, of course, there's the Executioner song, which, Ooh, which had a good one. major ramifications. And then uh, I've always preferred the crossovers that had a pretty decent resolution. I got to read the Infinity Gauntlet when that first came out. That was really neat stuff. Another thanks to my brother on that one. Uh, One that I thought was incredibly dissatisfying was Operation Zero Tolerance. That story arc, the way that ended, you know, the big bads taken down by a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents showing up. Yay. But uh, my my favorite... uh, comics uh, crossover thing would still be Batman No Man's Land. Whenever I play like uh, a video game series, uh, like a video game or I love things where I'm like carving out my territory <laughs> and I'm expanding my territory and taking away from others which was exactly what kind of Batman Batman No Man's Land uh, was, was about. You know, Gotham was cut out. I was cut off from the rest of the United States and the Bat villains went out and carved out their own territories. Basically, factions rose up. You know, the Gotham City Police Department was their own faction. Batman was his own faction, and then each villain had his own territory, and they kind of took back pieces of Gotham one by one. That's really how I like to play video games. From, you know, I did that in the Godfather video game. I did that in uh, Mad Max, <laughs> and I did that in. Uh, you know, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, <laughs> one of those things that I just really liked about it. And that also had a very satisfying conclusion on, like, Operation Zero Tolerance. And on the flip side, guys, <laughs> I'm just going to toss this out there. My least favorite story arc in comics, and I'll never understand the love affair, is the Phoenix slash Dark Phoenix saga. Agreed. It's like, hey, let's go ahead and kill the franchise. That's what it did to the X-Men animated series. It, it, it was like the, the X-Men went from the 1990s to the late 70s. Early, early. It, like they went back. Because the style, the store, the style of com, uh, comics, costume appearances, and just how they kind of ran things. It, it was like, even the way they designed the Phoenix you know, character was so last decade, half last decade and a half, two decades ago, and it just didn't mesh very well with me. And as far as, you know, uh, in the current uh, Marvel movies, it was another thing. I mean, I actually did like the representation of the Phoenix in the current Marvel movie in terms of it was just like another darker personality rather than like this cosmic force like it was represented in the comics. Um, you need to rewatch that movie. Then. Yeah, it's it's a cosmic force, brother. <laughs> the whole, There's aliens the whole and all kinds of stuff. Opening sequence is them in space, and she saves astronauts from the Phoenix forces, and it hits them, and it goes into her. Wait, are we, talk, are we talking about the movie right here? Right, we're talking yeah. about the yep. newest movie. The with, newest, yeah. With Fastbender oh, and all the them. newest, newest. I have not seen the newest, newest. Oh, oh you're talking about the one with <laughs> Famke Jansen. Okay. Yeah. 
right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. No, you're My good. Bad. Okay. Again, I, I didn't see it because I don't care about the Phoenix. Yeah. I'll never care yeah. about the Phoenix. Yeah. Well, you said and current X Men so, movies, and that is the newest X Men yeah, movie. So, I, for, I forgot I existed. I'm sorry. That's funny. No, here, here's my thing, and and you know, as far as the the comics, I was not a fan when I because I didn't read it initially, but I went back and read it. Not a fan. In the cartoon when it when it hit, not a fan. Like I, I liked a couple of the groups that they introduced. Because I, I like, I actually like the Star Jammers. I think they're kind of neat. Um, CR Imperial Guard. Yeah, they're yeah cool. they're cool. But as far as the the Phoenix, I'm good. I can live my whole life and never see that again. But then I, I'm uh well. Here's the thing. So the X Men movie, the Brian the Brian Singer X Men movies, that initial series, the Fox the Fox ones. Struck by lightning. Well, <laughs> stop. <laughs> so. So you know, I can appreciate. I appreciate uh, the X Men, X X Two. Uh, they were. I, I appreciate what they were. Um, when X Three hit, however, and they did the Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix thing, um, that is where they failed, and that's where they lost that that franchise part. As far was it as that the goes. Phoenix char- was it the Phoenix character though, or was it just how they? It, it doesn't matter. Represent- Nobody knows how to write a storyline that's going to do it justice, and it's a stupid story, anyways. Like it just it just is it's it's dumb. Well, in like, that movie, they they definitely shoehorned that in. Like, yeah, it, it felt like they wrote that movie and they're like, okay, this is lacking something. Ooh, let's do Dark Phoenix in here. Well, it doesn't fit anything else that's going on. Oh, we'll just make it a crazy personality and then have her. And it's like, come on, let's let's have her part. let's have her kill Cyclops right in the beginning so that he can be in Superman as a bit part. Just saying. I <laughs> oh, that was on him though. Oh, that I, was completely on that actor's decision to go be yeah. Lois Lane's boyfriend, husband, whatever he was in that movie for hey, 15 minutes. I, I, thought the, <laughs> I thought the Dark Phoenix split personality thing was still better angled than a cosmic entity. Sure. You talked about shoe, shoe still annoying. before. That's like a mega shoehorn if they were going to go that route. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, so, uh, so, so okay, so we got that. And then more recently... Uh, they did it. The I think the movie was called Dark Phoenix, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And I'm yep. I'm gonna probably sound like a hypocrite here. I have not seen it, and it's I've seen parts of it because uh, I was I was ex- I I like comic book movies. I like the X Men. I like what the newer X Men movies did with, and I, this is turning into a movie thing. I like what they did with a lot of the characters, and but as soon as they as soon as they revealed Dark Phoenix, I'm like, I'm out. And I and I never I never saw it. I, I just I, I won't do it. And it killed theaters. the franchise again. They're dead. One thing I one thing I want to ask the listenership, okay, and I'm just tossing this out there, guys. You know, I, I this is not the first time I've complained about the Phoenix saga, okay? And I think <laughs> I, even my brother and a couple other guys over the years have always told me, Well, the Phoenix saga was one of the most successful sagas that comics has ever seen and blah 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 don't care and you know what that might that might have been true in 70 whatever or 81 but i, I what i really want to know is bringing is invoking the phoenix saga in any modern interpretation well hell in the last 20 years you know does that does that increase the health of the franchise that's what i want to know it's it's always the it's always the last nail in the coffin or as far as as far as the cinema, it's been it's been yeah. somewhat of the last nail in well, the coffin. Even in the animated series, I mean, it, it did keep going. But the funny thing is, I stopped watching the animated series after that. Yeah, I remember going through the like going through all the episodes for the Phoenix Saga. Yeah, and then it flipped to the Dark Phoenix Saga. I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding oh, me! Oh, I know. Click. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> totally done. Because I actually I actually read the Dark Phoenix Saga in comics. Uh, in the years afterwards, and I and actually the Dark Phoenix Saga episode was almost panel for panel what went on in in the actual the sh- the show and the comics the comic panels yeah. actually matched. You might have had like a Rogue in place of Cyclops for some things that he did, or Night or Beast in place of Nightcrawler for some things that happened in there. But it just again it just. This rehashing of the Phoenix Saga just really bugs me, <laughs> and uh, it, uh, that's all I'm going to say on it. So um, we can all agree that the Phoenix Saga is awful. Well, I, I, I can agree on that, but I'm wondering, 
did we get it wrong? Does, so, does the listenership know something that we don't? So here, here, okay. So here's here's the question, and uh, we'll we'll have some information posted uh, on the podcast as far as where you can go to kind of give your uh, opinions, ask questions, those kinds of things. So when go ahead, listeners, if you have if you like the Phoenix Saga, let us know. Uh, we will not judge you. Well, maybe a little bit, um, but honestly, nobody cares about what Man Marty thinks. Anyways. Nobody cares what any of us think. But just, just go, I would just say go ahead and let us know if you do like it. Let us know why, you know, because maybe you can kind of give us a, a little bit better understanding of it. I mean, I could I'm not going to go into it now, but I, I heard a story um, on another podcast actually about Jar Jar Binks from Star Wars. Now I'm not saying I like the character, but I can understand what his purpose is in the entire trilogy now because of the story. So just something we could talk about another day. But it's it's hey, I might I might change my mind. Go ahead and give real, try it. Real quick, Matthew, you actually invoked something that kind of caught my interest invoked. for a second. Because you, you brought up the you brought up Star Wars. You know, Star Wars has got a lot of good expanded universe comics and things uh, that is underrepresented. So let's talk a little bit about things that are un, underrepresented in comics. Some things that don't that don't get necessarily enough love. As far as like comics that never got the traction that they needed or that I, you know, I wish would have continued um, techno comics when they came out. Uh, I mean, they were, they were written by excellent writers. I mean, you had Leonard Nimoy, ne- uh, Neil Gaiman, those guys, um, the primordials were awesome. Um, Mr. Hero was awesome. I mean, they had some very good titles, but it just didn't pick up. And then the whole thing, uh, the whole company went under as far as that went. Um, that that's something that I feel was very underrated. What about you guys? Well, um, you brought it up, Mad Marty, so you answer. <laughs> some some things that uh, don't get as much love in the grand scheme of things. The problem is a lot of the stuff that I did want to see get more love, like the Infinity Gauntlet, and you know characters like the Punisher and Daredevil. You know, have gotten more representation in recent years. Um, so I think that uh, studios have done better with that. Maybe if like uh, more effort was made to better represent obscure villainy, particularly in the DC comics, I think that could be a potentially highly lucrative uh, avenue to go. You know, tell me something more about Star Sapphire or. Um, uh, I won't buy that comic. Well, the uh, <laughs> who's, who's that? God, the problem is the uh, name of the villain gets uh, obscured by me. So the, the real cool guy from uh, um, Aquaman, uh, the uh, Black Manta guy. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that Black Manta? Name? Black Manta. Yeah. The guy with the big black helmet? Yeah, that's Black Manta. That shoots lasers out of his eyes? Yeah. <laughs> Fireballs out. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's a different guy. You know, I would, I would, and they kind of, well, actually, I'll kind of backtrack a little bit because they, they did do Suicide Squad, and uh, eh, I mean, see, that's a problem when, when you in this subject, that's that's what's rough because I was into like Dark Horse Comics. It's right. a fantastic company. Anyone's into comics knows Dark Horse Comics, and they they sell a lot of comics. They do. A I don't think they job. get enough love. They don't. They don't get enough love in the non-comic mainstream media. Um, yeah. They've had two. They've had what three attempts now at Hellboy, which I thought the Ron Perlman's were good. I enjoyed. I watched it. the newest one, and not. it has it has potential. Um, it has a post credit scene try to set up. I just don't know if it did very well in money. I like the actor um, who played him. I haven't seen it yet though. Yeah, um, it, like I said, it was decent. I just and and again, they've got the Star Wars license, and they've got a couple other. Well, they used licenses. to. It's Marvel again. Yeah. Yeah, it's Marvel now, but they they had it for a long time. I just think that company doesn't get enough. I think they make poor decisions when they try to get outside of comics. If whether it's going out and doing a, a movie or a TV series, I just don't think there's anyone out there that's given them the proper medium and the proper attention that some of their IPs could really use. They need a better agent. Well, yeah. well. One thing that one thing that uh, you you brought up earlier too is you talked about image earlier. There there seems to be. Uh, I have a friend, uh, my friend Hitavio, that does a lot of comic collecting. He does a lot of resale, so it's kind of exposed me back into the world of comics a little bit, a little bit more of the vintage stuff. And you hear these collectors kind of walk by, 
and they talk about various uh, series. Like I, every time that I've worked a booth with Otavio uh, for NSB Comics, I've probably seen like three or four individuals trying to collect the entire series of the New Mutants. Which, by the way, I, we don't know if that movie's ever going to come out. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it's coming out. They've re-released the new release date on it, and put the trailers back out. I heard they did some uh, but, reshoots uh, too to make it one possibly thing, mesh. One yeah. thing that doesn't ha- that does not get a lot of love is the Image Comics. Um, you know, a guy came up and wanted to sell a bunch of Image Comics, and my buddy just really couldn't make a good offer on him. You know. Uh, because there just wasn't a huge demand for the image stuff. Yeah, it was really big in the early 90s, but it just, after the company just kind of fizzled out, it just kind of landed into obscurity. So, yeah, you know, when, go ahead. They sold their IPs to Wildstorm, and Wildstorm didn't do much with them, and then they kind of went under and pushed some stuff over to Vertigo, and Vertigo just let it die. So anything that came out of that early 90s image, like I said, like a grifter, who uh, um, there's a couple groups in there that were fantastic stories, but they just got crushed by DC and Marvel and they just could not find a, a niche. And they tried to keep their production costs down, which ends up hurting storytelling because they can't get you know the best story people, the best artist, the best story. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so I think what's really tough about this particular subject that we've invoked is one of the challenges here is when it comes to seeing something new in comics, you know, especially something that's maybe been hashed out in the past, you know, what's going to make a successful franchise or a successful movie? The truth is you really don't know because there is a sincere lack of familiarity with the content that you don't know whether or not it could be represented in a way that would give it justice. And, you know, that's one reason why I've been such a big fan of the DC animated universe is it brought a lot of that obscurity to light. So it's, I guess what I'm looking for is I'm looking for that one medium that might do something that, uh, you know, might bring a character from obscurity into the mainstream, whether it be through comics, a TV show, an animated series, or feature film, you know, what is the best way to bring, you know, that obscure character to the light? Like that t- TV show Lucifer, I had no idea that thing was a DC character. Not a clue until I looked it up on w- Wikipedia one day. I mean, yeah, sure, it's kind of a fun show. It gets a little drawn out sometimes, but it is, it's just kind of an example of, you know, what's the best way to get that, uh, that kind of content out there. Yeah. <laughs> so... Final final question on this topic: um, If you could have any two characters in any comic book get into a battle, who would they be? And don't tell me who you think the victor would be, because we're going to let our listeners decide. So the ultimate, what you think would be the greatest comic fight between Does, two? Doesn't characters. have to be the greatest, just a comic fight. Two oh. two characters you 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 personally would like to see go against each other. And it could be oh. m- more modern because I know they've had crossovers and different things. Just yeah. you know, a, a, a more modern rendition. I think the one that that I would like to see in the comics. What's that? And that's Deadpool and Batman. Okay. And what so. about what about you, uh, Marty? Well, go ahead and pit my two favorite supervillains against each other: Doctor Doom and Mister Sinister. Mmm, that's a oh. good one. <laughs> Over. Uh, a four-issue, eight-issue arc. It'd be interesting to see what they we're, would do. Where essentially other. they're just playing They're playing a game of chess. Like, they're literally sitting across from each other playing a game of chess, and in their mind they're move, counter, move, move, counter, move on what they would do. That'd be fun. That'd be kind of cool. And then uh, for me, and this is one that you guys have heard multiple times, and I'm not going to tell you what my opinion is, but Nightcrawler versus Superman. Because yeah, we'll, we'll, because we'll we're just, just going to leave it at that. We'll just leave that on the table. We'll leave it on the table. Uh, so, listeners, if you would like to voice your opinions on these, that would be great. And we'll have more information on that. We'll have a Facebook page and an email. You can uh, send it to us, um, which I will explain that after we are done uh, giving out plugs. So, that being said, uh, what plugs do we got, Marty? Well, since I since I invoked it today, I just want to give a plug out to my buddy Otavio Escumia and his... Uh, NSB Comics. It's a local uh, 
local realtor of nostalgia type items from uh, comic books to trading cards, and I don't know where he finds half the stuff, like Garbage Pail Kids. And, All uh, my children cards. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, he's also uh, represented through a store at uh, called GQ Sports over at Cherryville Mall. It's, since the COVID thing is kind of opening up a little bit, they've had a little bit of uh, store hours. So if you're local, if you're aware of Cherryville Mall, go ahead and give GQ Sports a look and see Tavio and Gary. All right, Radis, what do you got? You got to have something. I, plug a store. Anything, I'll just... Hey, I was going to say, I'll, I'll plug TSY, which is now Top Cut, up there in Rockford for your comic addiction. It's still a great store. I feel like I'm in Rockford to try to visit it. If you're more in the St. Louis area, there is the fantasy shop down here with multiple locations. Um, they're a little bit more mainstream than Top Cut is, so they're a little, little tighter on their collections. But yeah, they're in Rockford, Top Cut. And if they can't get it, if they don't have it, they'll get it. Um, and you never know, walking into any comic book, you might go and be picking up an X-Men comic and see something that catches your eye and all of a sudden opens your world up to a whole different story arc. Sure. And then um, for me, as far as stores go, I will plug Cataclysm Games. Uh, I believe that is out in McChesney, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I think I've seen this place recently. Do you know about where it's at? Um, I, I'll, take, I'll take you there. Um, but it's Cataclysm okay. Games. Um, I believe it's McChesney, Illinois. I don't have the address or anything, but look it up. It is a fantastic place. They've got tons of board games, tons of miniatures. Uh, the people are super nice there. Just a, a really neat place to check out. Um, I would have said Top Cut, but it was already plugged because uh, I'll be going there tomorrow on Father's Day with my daughter, and we are going to buy a comic for her because that's my that's my tradition with every holiday that we spend together. I get her a comic book. Um, that being said, I'd also like to uh, send a plug for um, retro, the podcast Retro Retro Retro. Um, you're gonna, I'm going to be talking about this every single time. It's a really good friend of ours, Raven Johnson, talking about retro topics of all different kinds. Really great guy and a really great podcast. And then uh, Saturday Night Freak Show is another podcast uh, that is uh, by a gentleman named Colin uh, where they talk about uh, – they pick a movie – have uh, four people kind of discuss it. They're all um, either professional film critics to some extent, or you know, amateur film critics. But they they know their stuff and they they kind of give interesting takes on a lot of these movies. Um, some of them are vintage, some of them are newer, but uh, great great podcast to listen to. And then if en- anybody has anything else, no, I'm good, man. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Game Files podcast. We appreciate you guys listening to us and send us any ideas that you may have on our Facebook page and our email, which will be listed in the description. So you all have a good night and take care. My name is Sinister, Mr. Sinister. Your whole lives I have watched you, tracked you, studied you. You are the prototypes, the chosen ones. And from your offspring, I will control the future of all human creatures on Earth.